Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 80 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and it's made specifically for your order. So as you make an order, they roast your batch right then. That's how it works. It's not like they're roasting a whole big old bunch of coffee beans and then just hoping they sell them eventually. No, it's made to order. It's awesome. It's super good. It's easily the best coffee I've ever had. So check it out. You can find it at www.couchtowncoffee.com or you can find it on Facebook. There's a Facebook page for Couchtown Coffee as well. If you want to make an order, go to couchtowncoffee.com, find a coffee you like, and uh, make an order. When you make an order, you can save yourself 20% by entering the code word MAD. The code word this week is MAD. It'll save you 20%. So when you make an order, let them know Audible Farm sent you and, and tell them the code word's MAD and you can knock 20% off your order. Just because, you know what? Couchtown Coffee's awesome and they like live music and I like live music. And I, I bet you're listening to this because you like live music. So check it out. If you want to find some of the best coffee you've ever had, go to couchtowncoffee.com. It's roasted, made to order. And it's uh, it's from right here in Iowa. So check it out. The code word this week is MAD. Why is the code word this week MAD? Because I'm sitting down with Igor Alexandrovich, also known as Mad Miller. Uh, When I first befriended him on Facebook, he was Mad Miller. But uh, Igor Alexandrovich is uh, the name that he's going by. That is his given name. And uh, you got to check him out sometime. I've seen him jam at jam nights. And he's he's just a really interesting guy. You know, he's he's from Russia originally, but he lives in Iowa now, and he plays. You know, he, he, I befriended him on Facebook, and I can watch some of his videos on there. And uh, he's been talking about pop, probably uh, launching like a YouTube channel or something else just to try to get uh, some of his videos out there because it's pretty cool. That just listening to him jam, he can do a lot of crazy things. A lot of people around the area can't do on a guitar and. You know, it's just really surprising to me that he's not in a band. So I'll tell you what, if you're looking for somebody that can play some crazy stuff and, and shred, check it out. Uh, Igor is pretty darn good at the guitar. So uh, this episode's awesome. I sit down and we talk about cultural differences between America and, and Russia, where Igor is from. Uh, we also talk about, uh, he, you know, he does a little bit of stuff with... Uh, billiards tournaments and things like that so we talk a little bit about that too and his journey to get to Iowa and and past bands and he even sent me some videos so I'll be sharing some videos in the Audible Farm Facebook group page um the Facebook group I'll be sharing some so uh yeah check it out later in the week I'll be sharing some some of those videos it's crazy cool uh the stories he tells in here are amazing I was super happy to be able to sit down next to Igor and talk about some of this stuff and uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with him again sometime soon. He's a cool guy. I hope you guys enjoy this episode because I had a blast sitting down talking with him. Episode number 80, Igor Alexandrovich. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All right, so I'm sitting down today with Igor Alexandrovich, as you're known on Mad Facebook. Mad Miller. Mad Miller, as everybody probably knows him. That's how I, you know, when I first befriended you on Facebook, you were, right. Mad, you were Mad Miller. We were talking a little bit about this, how Facebook said, no, no. So <laughs> so you went to Igor Alexandrovich. Right. And uh, Alexandrovich? Well, it's uh, my father's name. Your I mean, father's name. Yeah. Awesome, it's okay. Like second name. Okay, all right. So Middle name. I mean. People usually just call you... Uh, 
pull that baby up to your face. Yeah. There you go. People usually just call you Igor, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I've, I've seen you at jam nights. Uh, I've seen you, you know, around at Patty's Pub. I used to see you there at the jam nights all the time. Right. You'd go up there and just, just shred the heck out of a guitar. No, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, man. I mean, I've, I'm really impressed by your technical skill. I mean, there's not too many people that can do a lot of the things on a guitar that you do um, in the area. And it's mm-hmm. not that's nothing against people that are playing guitar around here. You just, uh, right. you're a very technical player. Well, you know? I uh, got a lot of experience. I started playing uh, with classical. Oh, okay. Originally. Did you play like on an acoustic classical? Yeah, acoustical, yeah, finger picking and all that. Oh, okay. You know. Did you have like a lesson instructor kind of person? or When I started, yeah. Okay. And then uh, I played for a while and then I went to a jazz college. Oh, cool. Went to jazz, jazz college for two years. Nice. I didn't graduate, but uh, mm-hmm. decided to become a rock star, so started my band and was pretty big in the... Uh, Siberia, where I'm from, in Russia. That's awesome. So let's let's start there. That sounds like a good place to start. You uh, you start taking some lessons classical. You go to the jazz school. You decide to start a band. What was the band's name? Well, actually, it's kind of funny. My first band before that, I was playing. We were called Europe. Okay. Okay. Yep. And uh, not not we played it. Uh, we not were, the final countdown. We, here. we were about uh, together maybe five years. We played with Europe. Okay. And then when 1986, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Europe came out. Yeah, that band with the final yeah, countdown. Yeah, final, final countdown yep. came out. Yep. And yeah, that's the end of that. <laughs> they had to change the name. Yep. And then uh, we broke up. Okay. And I made my band. What was your band's name? It's If I translate to English, it's a Miller's Hut. Miller's H-U-T. Hut. What was it in yeah. uh, Ru- Russian? Hirzhina uh, Melnika in Russian. <laughs> cool. That's so cool. So, so you know, obviously you know Russian well. You're from yeah. Russia and you speak English. If you speak any other languages, I just... just No, Russian, English, a little bit of Spanish. Oh, cool, I mean, cool. I can communicate, but that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. What a... You know, so you... I, I got to ask you, like, what brought you to Iowa from <laughs> Russia? Well, I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> As I think everyone did that ended it's, up in uh, Iowa. Well, I lived in Florida for 15 years. Okay. And I work with the national pool tournaments. Okay. So uh, my boss is the company from Iowa. All right. And uh, about five years ago, I used to work for different company, and I was uh, setting up pool tables and stuff, you know, unloading, unloading for pool tournaments. Oh, wow, yeah. And uh, I got one hernia, then I had another hernia. Oof. And I didn't have insurance. Oh, no. So my buddy here, my boss in Iowa, mm-hmm. he hooked me up with insurance here. So I was oh, able cool. to do surgeries, and I moved here. Moved here. And kind of got stuck for now. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do with these pool tournaments then? You uh, you just do the setup stuff for the most part? Not or? no more. Not no more. I mean, after the hernias, I mean, I don't lift nothing heavier than the pool stick. <laughs> nice. We, uh, we're, we're selling stuff. Okay. Like... Uh, Pool equipment, balls, cues, oh, nice. uh, cases, all that stuff. Yeah, so you, go, so you go to like the tournaments as like a sponsor for the tournaments, or? Well, we just we got a booth. Okay, you know, yep. We set it up, and we got a couple of games. Uh, we got two pool tables with us, where we like one game is a uh, it's got the laser ra- radar. Okay. Like a speed trap, and oh. it, it ah. tells you how fast you break. Oh, cool! So people break and can win different prizes, you know. And dude, that's cool. That's yeah, awesome. Stuff like that. So. Have, have you always played pool, or what, what was no, the? No, I started playing pool uh, what, about twelve years ago when I turned forty. Oh wow! Yeah, 
I, I'm 52 now, but yeah, you're pretty good at pool though, too. Uh, little by little, little by little. <laughs> I think I think that's the funniest thing is uh, for the little bit I've known you, uh, even just coming here and talking to you before the podcast, you're a pretty humble guy. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you can sweet pick, you can shred on the guitar, and you're like, ah, well, yeah, it took a lot of work, you know. Yeah, the pool. I mean, I uh, I learned it backwards. I mean, I learned to. Uh, I was watching a lot of trick shots. Oh, okay. I started doing trick shots, you know, jumping, masse, all the curveballs. Yeah, the, balls. the big curveball, the masse. Well, I don't know if you know Venom. Oh, uh, no. He's like, if you go on YouTube, uh, Venom trick shots, mm-hmm. he's like considered one of the best, if not the best, pool trick shot guy. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of mine. He's okay. from France originally. He lives in Vegas. Oh, nice. I go to his house sometimes in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He's got like hundreds of millions of views. I think he's got like over 900,000 subscribers oh, on, on his channel. <laughs> so. Well, I've got like 140 on my channel. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot, dude. I, yeah. That's crazy. How'd you get hooked up with him? How'd you run into him? Well, originally, first, when I started playing, actually through Facebook, we just started messaging, ah. whatever. And then finally, when I started working, first time I went to Vegas, I met him. Oh, cool. And uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, when did you, uh, like, when you came over to America, did you start any bands over here originally, or have you been uh, in any bands well, in America? I've been in a lot of bands. I, I, well, first I came to the States in 92, and I lived in Jersey. Okay. In Jersey City. That's where I learned English, you know, in, oh, really? uh, in Jersey City bars. So you came over here without even knowing English? I could barely communicate. Holy cow! So, was that, like, I gotta ask you, was that scary? Uh, well, now, yeah, if I had to do it again, I would probably come more prepared. <laughs> I came to the States with uh, my guitar, my backpack, and 300 bucks. And oh. I didn't know anybody. Came straight to New York City. God, that's so cool. That was that was rough. We were talking. Uh, as far as the bands, yeah, you were talking. Uh, in Jersey, I jumped here and there a couple of times with nothing serious, not, not, not in Jersey. Mm-hmm. But then I moved to Florida, and Florida played in a lot of bands. I. Uh, I played in. I lived in Minnesota for a few years. I played in a band uh, called Fuel for My Hatred over there. All right. Then in Florida, I played uh, play a whole bunch of cover bands. Yeah. I played. Uh, there was a guy, uh, Dana Jennings, in Florida. He was a he was like big brother to me, you know, and uh, he was a great guitar player. He passed away, but. Uh, we used to do duo with him too, just two uh, acoustic guitars. Oh, cool! And we used to do like crazy stuff. Like we would take, for example, like a uh, Killer Queen, mm-hmm. and do jazz version of it. Oh, two guitars. We'll do like Scorpion Still Avenue jazz version. Dude, that's on, cool. <laughs> on two acoustics, we used to do that stuff. You know, we used to play around the beaches. Uh huh. In Florida. Do you have any videos of that at all? No. Oh, that's a, so I unfortunate. I had some tapes somewhere and they got lost. I mean, I oh. moved so many times. Yeah, it sounds like it. From uh, different bands, I played uh, uh, like the biggest band like that we uh, that was called Cemetery when I played in Florida. Cemetery? Cemetery. All right. There was a festival where the cemetery opened up for, uh, well, on the same stage. It was in Pinellas Park about 20 years ago. I don't remember. The time flies. And uh, we, it was a Mishuga Motorhead Devil Driver. Oh, dang. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some, some big heavy metal yeah. bands. Well, there, man. the uh, we used to practice uh, right next door to Morbid Angel. Oh, cool. And uh, what I was gonna say, the uh, there's a well, uh, my singer, he was a part owner of the club. 
All right. In, in Florida. So we were kind of like a, a house band. So anybody who come in, we would open up for them. So Otep would come in, uh, Drowning Pool, oh, bands sweet. like that. So that's, we, we were kind of like a house band. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah, so. Uh, so the one of your other band members kind of worked at the club or owned the club? The singer, he was a part owner. Part owner. So he yeah. would. He so he probably uh, was in charge of helping book the headliners right. that came through right. too. Yeah, that's cool. So you guys kind of got your pick of the litter as yeah. to far as far as who you wanted to open up for and things like right. that. Dude, that's got to be pretty stellar. I mean, uh, not that uh, playing around here locally isn't isn't any fun, but opening up for some bigger bands is usually pretty oh, sweet because yeah. you get that built in audience that comes. Right. You know, it's that's a fun thing to stand in front of a lot of people and play. Right. Yeah. Uh, before the podcast, we were talking a little bit about when you were in Russia. You were in mm-hmm. a band that was pretty big. Right. So let's let's start talking about a little bit of that. What do you got? Uh, we uh. I don't know if you, there's a video on uh, well, what kind of crazy shows we used to put out. I mean, I can send you a link. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, let's, I was big time into Alice Cooper yep. back then. And we used to do a show when uh, we hired these bodybuilders. And uh, <laughs> we, we got this casket mm-hmm. with our logo on it. Uh-huh. And we caught this stray cat. Stray cats? Yeah, it was about, I don't know, seven or eight of them. Mm-hmm. Put them inside the casket, <laughs> and our singer was there with them. Oh, no. He's got in his, the casket yeah, with the cats. Got, got these big chains, mm-hmm. and those, those uh, they had these uh, hood things like uh, punishers do, you know, yep. like in medieval times. Yeah. That's how the bodybuilders were dressed. Oh, wow. And they carried this casket with our singer inside. Mm-hmm. And we start playing our song, and they set it down. And then they open it, the cats freaked out because crowd, 5,000 people yeah. sold out the arena. All the cats jumped out. Our singer was laying there with his hands crossed. Yep. And uh, the bodybuilders, they were supposed to set him up yep. to the microphone. They forgot, so he was laying there, and finally the time comes up to sing, so he got up by himself, yep. <laughs> started singing. <laughs> and then uh, there was this girl, she's supposed to be the goddess of uh, justice. Okay. She had this uh, scale in one hand, and uh, I forgot what's in the other hand. Oh, yes. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, uh, and uh, she was standing there with her eyes. Uh, like a blindfold over yeah, her eyes? blindfold over her eyes, yeah. And uh, and there was a cop standing there, too. Mm-hmm. So, and cop was, like, closing his eyes, uh, you know, with his hand. <laughs> yep. You know, like, he can't see it. Yep, didn't see anything. And then uh, at the end of the song, they got this girl. Uh, the bodybuilders, mm-hmm. they got this girl and they put her face down in the casket and nailed her in and oh, carried wow. her out. And <laughs> the uh, the cop, he lit up a candle mm-hmm. and was walking after them, took his hat off, and he was... Uh, so there's a lot of theatrics that were involved. Yeah, we used to do crazy stuff. Dude, that's awesome. I feel like that's an art that's somewhat lost. You know, there's not too many bands that go out there and do a lot of theatrical things. And it was crazy because in Russia, I mean, it's like... Like, over here, people take a lot of stuff for granted. I mean, like, when I was growing up, when it was communist and stuff, it was... Over here, if you listen to some music, you go to a store, buy it. Mm-hmm. Back in Russia, it wasn't like that. Like, my friend got arrested for possession of Black Sabbath album. Oh, whoa! It, it was crazy stuff. That's I insane, mean, man. There was a list of... Uh, they called it a blacklist, list of bands that were banned... Wow. And uh, let's say, tell you why they were banned. Like, let's say Kiss, mm-hmm. because of the SS on the back. Okay. And they were telling us that they sing about Nazis and all that, and uh, okay. fascism. Yeah. And it was crazy, because when I learned English and I listened to Kiss, and I'm like, 
No, the uh, oldest thing about pussy. Yeah, it's like, literally all it is is about like finding yeah. a woman and hanging out. Right. You know? Like it's there's literally nothing about and, uh, any sort of. Pink Floyd was on the list because uh, they did uh, what was that name of the album? Final Cut. Okay. And uh, he sang one line that says Reagan took Afghanistan, Brezhnev took Beirut. Oh, because okay. of that line, the whole band was the whole thing. All, yeah. all of those songs, all right. the, the whole, every album. Yeah, you can't listen. Okay. It was crazy back in Russia. Like let's say, like guitar strings. Like over here, you go buy strings. In Russia, we had this. They had this Russian strings. They were, I mean, they were really bad. It was thick and whatever. You couldn't get the real deal. And the the rest of them was alright, but the first one, the high string, mm-hmm. you couldn't get them. I mean. It, so my friend went to military and he was like in some radio or whatever mm-hmm. around radio so he brought some cable so we would unwind the cable and use the cables for the strings instead oh wow so that's wild so you'd use that for like your uh your e-string yeah uh, the the thin right. the thin one uh-huh. oh, that's crazy and uh like the distortion boxes or effects we didn't have none of that so mm-hmm. my friend was soldering and making me Oh, yeah. that's crazy. I had this, this my, my, he was our sound engineer in the band. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, a, he could fix anything. Oh, uh-huh. And he was good with soldering gun. And he, so he didn't, he didn't know nothing about music though. So huh. I came up to him and I brought him, uh, I forgot what it was. Uh, I think it was Iron Maiden. Uh, I, I put him, uh, put one song and I go, can you make guitar sound like this? Mm-hmm. He's like, eh, let me try. He had this oscillograph, you know. Yeah, like uh, oscilloscope. Uh, yeah, what, I think it's called. It. It. Yeah, in, it, in Russian, it's oscillograph. Yeah. It shows like yeah, the wave right. of the electricity. Yeah. So yep. he he was using that and. That's wild, yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, I came in next week and he said, "Try this," and it sounded. You had a whole bunch of noise, but it already was like a distortion box. That's crazy. And then cool. he kept working on it, working on it, put it inside some kind of tin can, and and he made it real good. Whoa! So yeah. was it actually inside of like a real tin can? Yeah, he got some tin can, and he yeah he made it. That is so crazy. If you see the video, if you hear the guitar, I mean that's what you won't be able to tell that it's uh, homemade. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. I'm- I'm assuming you don't have this pedal anymore. No. No, that's <laughs> no. so unfortunate. Yeah, it was like 30 years ago. Dude, some of this <laughs> stuff, that's so crazy. I like. I guess I never really thought about that when I had, you know, we agreed to sit down and do the podcast. I never really thought too much about like the the differences between being there and being here, you know? Oh, yeah. Back in the, it was crazy. It's like one of the, when we first started playing, I mean, one of our first concerts, uh, it was, uh, we started playing and then, the crowd started going nuts, you know. And normally, like, because we didn't have any, it was a place, like a small club, mm-hmm. where they let us play. And you had to go, like, make sure, uh, go to the party officials, Communist Party, uh-huh. so they let you play. Oh, they okay. would take the lyrics, and they, they had to approve the lyrics, what you sing. Oh, no way. And all that. So you'd have to pretty much be like, I want to play here, these are the songs I'm going to sing, right. these and are the they, words. They, and yeah, they normally say, there was somebody in the crowd from KJB that's listening, making sure. Making sh- oh, my God. Yeah, it, it was crazy. <laughs> that's yes, yeah. That is fucking wild. And uh, we, we did one gig, and one time they, uh, at the end, like, in the middle of the show, the first couple of bands were all right, but then a couple of bands started to play heavy metal, you know, we mm-hmm. jumped on stage, and somebody called and whatever, and they pulled the plug, they, and they arrested, like, most of the people. They were playing, and it was crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, you'll... 
that's something that like you will never ever ever see here. Right. I mean, you might you might see some band get a plug pulled on them, but it won't be because like we don't you know like the government says no to this. It's right. not going to be because of that. You know that's right. it might just be like a club owner didn't like this or whatever. Uh-huh. You went way too long or something. Uh-huh. It's not because like you sang a song. You Talking about to sing. too long actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, one time we got lucky uh, with my band. It was 1990. Mm-hmm. We went to a festival. We did like a small tour in Siberia. And I don't know if you know about Russia, whatever. Like uh, we went to Novosibirsk. Okay. I'm from Irkutsk. It's uh, I don't know if you, uh, there's a lake called Baikal. Nope, don't know it. Sorry. It's the deepest lake in the world. Oh really? And uh, that's uh, my city is from. I'm pulling that's up. That's where a, I'm from. I'm pulling up a map yeah. right now. So we're gonna we're gonna try and look this up on a map. It's a lake Baikal. It's called. It's the uh, deepest lake in the world, roughly a mile deep. So we're just gonna zoom it's out. Like if you look on uh, yeah, right there, that's the lake, and that's Irkutsk. Oh, there it is. Holy yeah. cap. Yeah, wow. You're like right up. Yeah. You're right near Mongolia even. Yeah. Wow. And uh, we played in Novosibirsk, which is like in the middle of Siberia. It's like a big city. Probably the biggest city in Siberia. There was a festival in 1990. It's all the way over there. I see it. And it was a whole bunch of people, a uh, whole bunch of bands. Uh, like It was, a, I think, like three-day event. It was maybe 20, 30 people playing there, mm-hmm. uh, 30 bands. And uh, everybody had time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what it was like 30 minutes or 40 minutes whatever to play because so many bands mm-hmm. and uh, we started playing and we, we all started to get big at that point and uh, we started playing and we finished everything and crowd wanted more so mm-hmm. we did one one or two extra songs mm-hmm. and after that I mean we coming back we're putting our shit away our guitars and uh, amps and everything mm-hmm. and this guy comes up to me and he goes, are you in a Miller's hut? I go, yep. He said, you guys are done. I go, what are you talking about? You played uh, for extra like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And supposedly there was a band called AIDS, some kind of punk band in Nov- <laughs> Novosibirsk. Oh, and they were like big over there. They had big following. Oh. And say, we're going to kill you. Oh. So I told my, my bandmates and they were like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's just bullshit. And then one of the guys that uh, organizers mm-hmm. from the Novosibirsk, he overheard. He said, "AIDS did it." He said, hey, "You guys are in trouble." So holy cow! So we had to go through the back door, mm-hmm. and they pulled up the bus, and uh, we basically started going to the bus. And the crowd was waiting for us, like with ba- baseball bats. Oh my god! And uh, somebody saw us, so we had to run to the bus. And we barely made it because they start throwing rocks and everything. Gosh, that's so crazy. That's so, another thing you'll never see here. I don't think you'll ever see like a riot. Like we're gonna we're gonna literally try to kill people in a band because they played 15 minutes too long. Yeah. You know? Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. it was crazy. Yeah, it was one oh, of the stories. I'm look I'm looking at the map here. How far of a drive would that have been from your hometown to go to? Was it? It was a well, Novosibirsk. We back then we didn't drive, so well, it was very few people had cars. Huh? So well. I think I forgot we flew there or took a train. I think we, I don't remember. Well, very few people had cars, but when I grew up, now it's like here everybody's got them. I mean, not everybody, but when I grew up in Russia, it's only rich people could afford cars. Oh, that's wild. Because uh, it was very, let's say, uh, right before Pierce, before everything, the wall came down. Mm-hmm. The uh, you saw ads in the newspaper that somebody would trade a car for an apartment. Oh, that's whoa. how 
how expensive that's, they were back that's, in the day. That's how desired a car was. I mean, you could, yeah. you could literally trade a car for a place right. to live. Yep. That's wild. That's so yep. crazy. What are, what are some other stuff like that? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of things you've seen that when you came here, like, oh, this is nothing like where I came from. Because where I came from, I mean... I, I'm just like I'm thinking about the guitar string thing. That just blows mm. my mind. That like you couldn't find a nice. Set oh of yeah, strings. here you come to a store and you see all these guitars and like wow, and they're all real. I mean, you you come in, you see Gibson, Fender, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can buy it in Russia back then. Well, now you can, but back then, I mean, it was. I mean, it was next to impossible to get. So how did you end up finding a guitar? Like, is that is that something? Normally, you, you would get. We had a lot of cheap shit, like uh, cheap guitars from like. Uh, socialist countries from Czech Republic from oh, okay. from uh, from the eastern side of Germany mm -hmm. you know we had some they, they had some Fender copies okay yeah they and uh, or make your own guitars you know, make your own guitar make your own guitars or I had a the it was a Czechoslovakian guitar called Musima if you see the video I mean I'll send you a link alright that guitar uh, uh my friend just modified the, the guy that made me distortion box. Mm -hmm. He made his own pickups. He wound it and everything. Oh, jeez. So, um, did he hand wind them? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Because now they got machines that'll yeah. do that for you. We're like, I want, I want it wound six thousand mm -hmm. times, and you push a button right. and it just does it. Oh, he did everything himself. The guy was like a genius. That's wild. That's so, so wild. So he did everything. Yeah, he modified it to my liking. You know. That's so crazy. So. That's so cool though, too. I mean, like, um, you know through all these constraints you have some sort of like innovation people are being creative and making their own things you know right. that's something that's something over here nobody does because we don't have to because somebody's already made the best guitar that you can right. buy quote unquote you know yeah and so you don't I have to love this fender i mean it's like the strat i got and uh, i traded it for a pool cue actually oh no way yeah so you traded a pool cue for a guitar yeah Dude. i had this cue i wanted to sell and i went to uh, the guy at the pawn shop that works over there mm -hmm. and i uh and he told me, I, I talked to him early, and he said that he was looking to buy a cue because he wanted to start playing. Mm -hmm. And I had this cue that I got very cheap. Uh -huh. And I was going to sell it. I go, you want to buy this one? And he said, oh, how about a trade? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm like, for what? He goes, I got this Strat, you know, American 60th anniversary edition, you know, like all... Uh, it's got a humbucker, single, yeah, single. Humbuckers, it's all like upgraded and stuff. With that's a nice, cool. Uh, locking tuners. Dude, that's that's you know? sweet. And uh, I'm like, I never played it. Well, I played the Strat before and never liked it. So I'm like, ah, Strat, but then, oh, I don't need this cue anyway. All yeah. right, let me get the guitar. So it's been sitting here because I was playing my other guitar, Reverend. Yeah, I remember seeing you yeah. play that Reverend. Yeah, and, and uh, I loved it, Reverend. And then one time I broke a string on the Reverend. Uh-huh. And uh, when I went to change it, I, I found out that the uh, one of the tuning pegs was broke. Oh, so I no. couldn't change the string. So I'm like, I wanted to play. I'm like, uh, let me try the Fender. And I started playing it. And first I didn't like it. But then uh, I took it to John Bowman. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, set it up for me. And I started playing. It took me a couple of days to get used to it. And then I, I, I fell in love with it. Now I, that's all I want. The only thing I want to get right now is a scallop neck. Oh yeah, so you can get the between the frets, scoop, yeah. scoop it out a little bit. Right. Is that something that was on one of your other guitars? Or? No, never played it, but I want to get it. You want to you want to try one out? Yeah. Well, I I know I want to play it because yeah. it's I never played it, but I know that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna like it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Malmsteen, Ingve yeah, Malmsteen, Malmsteen Blackmore. Yeah, he was those the those are the guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Malmsteen was easily one of the most famous. Scout. Here in the, 
in town, uh, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, this guy works there, Greg, at the Riemann's Music. Oh, yeah, yep, Greg Merritt. He started, uh, he had this one cheap squire or whatever, and mm -hmm. he started to scale up a neck. Mm -hmm. So, so far, by looks of it, coming out all right. I mean, he, he didn't finish it yet, but I, I'm, when I, I see... Yeah, you're curious yeah. to see what it's like. Dude, that's crazy. I... I think that's probably the coolest part about uh, being able to sit down and talk with you is to realize there's all these differences. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you grew up halfway across the world, right? you know, in a completely different place with a completely different culture and environment. But I, you, you would tend to think that some of this stuff would translate. It would, it would just, oh, you can just go buy a guitar in Russia. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe not. It depends on where you're at. Back then, no. I mean, now you can. Now it's everything. Is, a lot of the stuff is Americanized, just like here. Okay. I mean, as far as guitars go, I mean, it's hard to get, like, real good ones, like real Fenders, whatever. But you can get them. I mean, there's a lot of Chinese stuff over there. Mm -hmm. Because China is so close. Yeah, it's I right mean, there. Oh gosh. They got a lot of Chinese guitars, Chinese, but they some of them are good. I mean, do you ever end up, do you ever end up with like any? I mean, I, I today I don't know if you would know today, but are there any like fake Fenders or like fake oh, Gibsons yeah, they, over they, there? They, like they, they got a lot of fake ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm I know a lot of them come from China. Usually, yeah. like a the Chinese Gibson guitars. Mm -hmm. They call over here. They call them Chibsons usually. Right. So like, uh, if you get a Gibson and you're like, this thing doesn't thing doesn't sound yeah. very good it's not really and then you're like oh it's it's a it's a chibson it's a fake uh -huh. you know and sometimes they end up over here i would assume they would end a lot more of them would end up in russia I'm since it's sure, so close they, they got some real deals i mean then a lot of if you're a serious musician you can get the real mm -hmm. guitar it's just expensive more expensive than here mm -hmm. but like that like everything is more expensive because mm -hmm. uh like cars for example over here you can buy whatever like let's say i'm driving a 2009 impala mm-hmm you know, you can buy for two grand over here. Yeah. You know, yep. in Russia, the same car would be probably five grand. Okay. You know, it's everything's more expensive. Yeah, I mean, that makes that makes a little bit of sense. I'm sure they like have their own have their own Russian cars. I'm sure there's. Oh yeah, Russian, yeah, but right now, very few people buy them. Russian cars are junk. <laughs> you know. I one thing I do see that comes across sometimes is you will see like used pedals that are Russian pedals, like well, uh, pedals and uh, the. Amps and the tubes. Mm -hmm. so, oh yeah, the, the tubes. tubes supposed to be like one of the best. Yep. For yeah. The amps, you know, because they make the best tubes and optics. Yep. Like the night vision goggles from Russia is supposed to be really. Oh good. really? I didn't know that. So. Yeah, I remember when I started looking up, I was going to retube an amp, and I was looking for tubes, and it said, "Man, you got to get these." You know, like uh, Sovtech was a big one. You uh -huh. know, Sovtech. Yeah. But uh, like almost one of the guys from ACDC played one. Oh really? Yeah. I I, I mean, but it, there's just. Almost every one of them I saw was made in in mm -hmm. Russia or or right. somewhere that used to be part of like the USSR, mm -hmm. you know, like the giant group of countries in, uh, um, what we call like with the Eastern, like Western, yeah, Eastern Russia, block or Eastern yeah. Bloc. But yeah, that's that's so crazy. I mean, do you think that uh, some of those pedals that are made over there? Because I think I want to say I've seen like uh like the Pi big mm -hmm. or like a Big Muff. They're like there's some but of those i don't know I'm, i don't know much about equipment i mean like guitars how to fix them i just play them yeah that's normally what i do <laughs> that's crazy dude talking about russian bands uh if you want to check out some cool russian bands like here in the states there's a uh, one band from uh, in california the originally they used to be called called uh the red elvises okay i don't know if you heard them or not mm -hmm. they're very popular they on average, back in the day, they used to do like sometimes like thirty gigs a month. Oh, jeez! And they every, everywhere every they day. they sold out. Holy everywhere cow. they go, they play rockabilly. 
Okay. You know, Rock, red, oh, yep, yep. Rockabilly music. Yeah. 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 The Red Ellis, as they called. And uh, I met them in Florida when I lived there, <laughs> jammed with them a little bit. And then uh, there's two guys, they were like in the band, one, two guitar players. Yeah. And they, they both talented. They couldn't work together. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. split up. And now that other guy got his own band. And the the, the lead singer, mm-hmm. his name was Igor also. Now <laughs> cool. they called Igor and the Red Elvises. Oh, cool. And they put out crazy shows now. I mean, they got these black chicks singing backups and like... Oh, so they got the full the, band. The full band, kind of like Brian Setzer. Oh, yeah. That, that type of deal. Yep. And they dress up and yeah. Dude, that's so, crazy cool. And another band that right now they touring. Well, not now because of this Corona bullshit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> they were last year. And they sold out everywhere. The, uh, the band is called Leonid, if I say in Russian, Leonid mm-hmm. and Friends. If you look them up, I mean, they do mostly like Chicago covers. Oh, like the band Chicago? Yeah. Like 25 or 6 to 4 type stuff. Yeah. Hor- horns and everything? Yeah. Dude, that's so cool. And they so great because uh, most of the guys are like real professional. Like, for example, one of the singers, he went to the, he was my uh, group mate in the jazz college. Okay. When we started out like 30 years ago. Yeah. And then in Russia, he uh, he had his metal band called Monomach, mm-hmm. and uh, he was very popular in Russia, like one of the like one of the biggest Russian metal bands. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he's teaching uh, vocals right now in one of the like biggest conservatories. Okay, uh, in uh, teaching all kinds of vocals, like classical, metal style, oh. rock style. All right, yeah. so, so you, can, you can sing it all. Then. Yeah. So and all the guys of that caliber in the band. Oh, that's wild! Yeah, and if you see them, I think they do Chicago better than Chicago did. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. I mean, I can give you some links so Dude, you can look them up. That's probably gonna be the coolest part that comes of this is I I have to get into some of the music that you used to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can still find it on YouTube and everywhere else. Oh, you know, yeah. like there's there's probably so much music you know that people over here have never heard of. What probably would never hear unless right. unless you shared it with them. You know. Well, it's like different because I don't know for some reason, like when I grew up, some bands are a lot more popular in Europe and Russia than over here. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like over here, like Led Zeppelin is very big. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very big there too, but Deep Purple not as much. Deep Purple. Yeah. All right. You know, smoke on so, the water. Yep. So yeah. Deep Purple wasn't as popular over there as it no, was no. over here. Over there, it was way more popular. Way more popular, way more popular than Led Zeppelin. Oh, way whoa. more. Yeah. That's crazy. In Russia, Richie Blackmore is like every guitar player that learned that if you know at least one, two licks, uh, two solos from from Blackmore. That's cool. If you want to be up to this day, you know, Blackmore is like very it's big. Still considered yeah. one of the best over there. Well, like some other bands, like Nazareth. Uh huh. You know, like Super in big Russia, very big. Over here, it's like some people don't even know who they are. That, that's know? that's so weird. That makes me wonder how did how did like the government figure out which bands to censor? Because you think like, I mean, Deep Purple wasn't too bad, but they right. they were you know sometimes they'd sing some kind of or, or like crazy like Aerosmith. Like in Russia, unless you're real like rock fan, whatever. I mean, a lot of people didn't even know who they are. <laughs> in Russia. That's crazy because they're huge here, you know? Yeah. Everybody knows Aerosmith. Yeah. I mean, Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, everybody right. knows who all those guys are. So it's, that's so weird. I mean, there's got to be a lot of differences like that compared to Russia and America, even just as far as music. Does, so like when you would listen to music over there, it was obviously, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, <laughs> it was in English. Like, you know, Deep Purple wouldn't come over yeah. there and sing in Russia. Oh, yeah, you know? in English, yeah. 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 So did did you learn English from like 
songs and music and things like English, that? I started listening to the Beatles. Oh, nice. Mm, yeah, that, because be when pretty I was good like a teenager, I was a big time uh, Beatles fan. My nickname was John Lennon when, because I used to wear glasses and I used to have oh, bicycle yep, glasses. Oh, you have the round glasses just yeah. like John Lennon? I had long hair and... That's and, that's awesome. Yeah, well, my nickname was Lennon. <laughs> so, Igor Lennon. <laughs> no, just Lennon. That's just they, Lennon. They called me. That's and, so cool. Because I'm not a great singer, but when I sing, I can uh, mimic Lennon. You know. Oh, okay. And the sound. When we used to play in Florida with a guy I told you about, uh, we uh, we do a couple Beatles songs, and people like it when I sing. No, that's awesome. So. Do you uh, let's. Like, uh, do you ever see yourself singing in a band here, or is singing not nah, something I mean, you want to do? I'm not. I'm not this. I'm not the great of a singer. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> I try sometimes, but it's like, meh. You know, we'll let the other guys take care of this. I did back in the day. We did uh, like some kind of punkish stuff when I used to play. Yeah, we used to do uh, Sex Pistols. The oh yeah, uh, what's that song? Anarchy. Yep. Anarchy in the UK. I used to sing it, but I used to do uh, growl. I was big time in the growl, but I, I went through death metal stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, about, death metal is pretty notorious for being. 25 Whoa. years ago, yeah, I used to. That's all I listened to. Oh, yeah. You know, well, you could tell uh, death. I got a tattoo. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that in one of your videos you were playing online. I was like, dude, you got a death tattoo? And you're yeah. like, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's, that's cool. That's how I met Chuck, actually. You but, met Chuck? Yeah, I was at the Kendama concert in uh, in Florida, uh-huh. and I was checking out the merchandise uh-huh. before the show, and this guy comes up, taps me on the shoulder, and I go, what's up? I, I looked around, this dude standing there. He goes, uh, can I take a picture of your tat? I'm like, yeah, why? So, well, Chuck collects pictures because he designed the logo, and I look around, that was Richard Christie who tapped me. Oh, no the way. Drummer, and it was Chuck standing right next to him. Dude, that's crazy. That's I got to hang out with him, you know. That's super cool. Yeah, before he passed away. So. Yeah, because, I mean, Chuck ended up what, like it was a, he had a brain, brain tumor, cancer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, that was tragic because it was pretty much just up and gone. He was, you know. Yeah. And then they tried to do uh Yeah, I wanted to record some stuff with him. We talked about it, but uh, then he got sick again. Because when I met him, he was right into remission, whatever. They, mm-hmm. yep. And then things went worse. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a crappy deal. I mean, they even tried to throw like benefit concerts for them, and right. they, I I heard stories. And it's the internet, yeah. but I heard stories that like some of the money ended up coming up missing, you know, and and things like that. So he he, the story of Chuck Schuldner and uh, and mm-hmm. death is always kind of a a bittersweet one, you know. The guy right. was super crazy good at guitar. He he made he almost made a whole new style, you know. He, I mean, yeah. his stuff. You oh, well, they called him the, like a grandfather of uh, well, I mean, the father of death metal, basically. Yeah, because they named it after the yeah. band death you know and yeah. he was 16 years old 15 years old when the first album he recorded no way yeah i didn't even know that yeah, i knew he was that young style but... yeah he was, i think 15 or 16 god that's insane yeah. can you imagine being that good at 15 or 16 yeah oh god <laughs> that, that's so crazy i mean if for people that don't know death it's it's it is kind of heavier music and some of the people that listen to the podcast might be like i don't want to listen to it or whatever but right. but it's worth it's worth checking out the t- it's weird time signatures you can't always bob your head directly through the songs oh, you know yeah. so there's there's goofy stuff going on and but it's he wanted super to, technical yeah he like he was singing too yeah and then uh when actually i talked to him he told me that he kind of didn't like that because it was hard to sing and play mm-hmm so that's why his after death he had this uh, last uh, project Control Denied. Oh. He hired a singer that was actually singing without growl, just a real singer. 
I'm gonna admit this. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know that was. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know you had another band. It's after called death. Control Denied. I'm looking that up on my way home oh, tonight, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh, they're badass. Dude, that's crazy. Well, it's, cool. it's basically death. It's yeah. his project, just with a real singer. Yeah. Now he doesn't have to concentrate on singing. Right. He can just do all the playing. Yeah. Dude, and that's crazy. Like, I think about this. Do you play drums at all? A little bit. I, I do too, but I'm bad at it. So uh, Me too. I'm, I'm, well, I played one time with Clint's band at the Paddy's. Okay. When yeah. the drummer, uh, during jam night, yep. the drummer went to smoke, couldn't find nobody. So I jumped oh. behind drums and I played one song with Clint. Dude, that's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've played drums with Clint too, but it's usually in oh. Barnum at the jam nights. And yeah. it's uh, if, if there's not a drummer I mean, there. I, I suck at it. I mean, I can play just basic bits, you know. Yeah, that's but, all I that's all I do yeah. too but i'm still i mean you ask me to throw a fill in there sometimes right. it's like uh yeah uh okay back to the one okay, i won't, one, I two, won't three, be four. able to do double bass you yeah know, yeah just okay. a regular basic four four measure i mean i can mm-hmm. handle it yeah acdc beats yeah that's what i like to right? do yeah but then you think about like chuck's the drummer in death was just insane to be able to play stuff oh, yeah. that that fit what chuck was doing yeah you know? gene hoglan i think that was the name that was the best my favorite album is symbolic Yes. And uh, the drummer is just crazy, especially how big he is. I mean, the guy was like 300 pounds almost. Oh, really? And you look at him, how easily he does it, it's like, wow. That's crazy. I mean, he was a huge guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember a, a friend of mine, it would have been like my senior year in high mm-hmm. school, started really getting in, into death. And he was like, check out this band. It's really neat, you know, and stuff. And it, at first, I was... I, I was still into like punk music and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, this is really heavy. This is almost scary." Yeah. But after a while, you're like, "Dude, this is insane music." Right. And actually, it's funny that the uh, one of the guys, I think that was Richard Christie, he was uh, for a while he went to Howard Stern show. Oh yeah. He was doing something there, mm-hmm. and then I heard that he was trying to. Oh no, maybe it's not him. I forget. I hung out with so many musicians. One of the guys was uh, trying out for uh, to be in a. The, it was a blue, blue man, blue, blue man, man group. Yeah, blue man group. Oh, those are the dudes that wear the, yeah, the yeah, blue yeah. paint and play the drums yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he was trying out for them, and I don't know how they work out. Oh, I think it was him because he he posted on Facebook, or maybe somebody. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that's super crazy. Yeah, like that's the other thing that's mind blowing about this is like as much as you traveled, you've met a ton of people. It sounds right. like you know. Um, I mean. Just the fact that you said you met Chuck kind of blew my mind. You know, I, I mean, he's I been. I met Dio. Dio. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so crazy. Ingrid. Oh no way! So you've met Malmsteen as well. Yeah, well, that that was easy. I mean, because Chuck, I met like on accident, whatever, because of the mm-hmm. tattoo. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Dio, there was a concert uh, in Florida, two thousand or I forget when. It was a Malmsteen was opening up for Dio. Mm-hmm. So after the show, they would let. Dio was just hanging out, so he would let people sign autographs. Mm-hmm. Coolest guy ever. I mean, yeah. Short. I mean, he was like yeah, he's short. really short, dude. Yeah, real nice. And then Malmsteen, he would uh, at his tour bus, he would let people in for like five minutes to hang out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I brought this article. I didn't have nothing to sign. I had a tape for Dio to sign. Mm-hmm. I didn't have nothing for Malmsteen to sign, so I bought this article from the local newspaper about the concert mm-hmm. and i wanted him to sign it yeah so i brought it up uh, got on the bus started talking to him that i grew up listening to him blah 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 mm-hmm. and uh and then i give uh, this paper and he started uh, he looks at the article and he started reading it mm-hmm. and he's like and i see because they had a big ass picture of Malmsteen and small picture of Dio in it uh-huh. and you know how he's very you know like, yeah that's that's kind of how yeah Malmsteen's yeah. like a Rolex and Ferrari yeah, kind of guy yeah he's kind of like an asshole you know a very little, very yeah. very arrogant yes, yes and he sees this and he's like 
and I'm trying to talk to him, and I see he like, completely ignores me. He just, and he like reads this, looks at this article, you know, and uh, so, and then he goes, hey, uh, I, I look at him and I go, you know what, you want this article, you can have it, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, what do you want? You want a pick? You know, guitar pick? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, I mean, I'm not a five-year-old. Come on, I don't need your pick. I mean, just let's take a picture with you. Yep. Yeah. And I took a <laughs> uh, couple pictures with him, you know. <laughs> I'm not a five-year-old. I don't yeah. need a pick. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because, yeah, he, like, because the picture was big, like, probably half a page, a picture of Malmsteen and a small picture of Dio. Yeah, <laughs> makes yeah. you wonder if Malmsteen planned it that way. <laughs> yeah. He called up the newspaper company and was like, hey, my picture's got to be four times the size of Dio's. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even though, like, Malmsteen, yeah. for a while, he was gaining some weight. He might have been four times the size of Dio. You never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, dude, that's, that's super crazy to think that, like... I mean, I've I've met some famous musicians too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've I've done the meet and greets at shows, and I've I've run into people after shows. Actually, I do have a Dio story. When I was like in tenth grade, a bunch of my friends were going uh-huh. to a Dio concert, and like I said, I was into like punk music, and like right. I was just like, I don't really know if I want to go to a Dio show. They all met Dio after the show because, like you said, he would just like walk around and talk to people after the mm-hmm. show. You know, like yeah, I'll sign this thing for you. I'll shake your hand. We'll take a picture together, quick and stuff. And I think to myself, now, man, I could have freaking met Dio, and I was <laughs> and I was just dumb and little and didn't know who you know who Dio was and what was going on and that's right it's a huge bummer for me but uh you know it's crazy to hear that you've met some of these guys and like uh I mean like are these guys like your quote-unquote heroes or, or like who would well, be your yeah, Dio was back in the day yeah Dio yeah man yeah Marston of course when he first came out I mean it was like yeah he was in uh Alca- Alcatraz was his yeah, first Alcatraz, band but, but his, his solo yeah. albums but were... his solo when it, first the Rising Force when, when it came out I mean it blew everybody away yeah everybody well, my biggest one probably would be right now Gary Moore. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Gary Moore. When I first heard the uh, Dirty Fingers, yep. you know, yep. that I, I, finally I learned how to play it. No way. I, uh, that, that's the song that actually made me, inspired me to practice. Because uh, I was playing like Beatles stuff when I first started, besides classical mm-hmm. guitar. And uh, I went to my buddy's house, you know, I forgot the name of the album, uh, whatever the, the Dirty Fingers is on. Mm-hmm. And right. my friend goes, check it out, you know. And uh, he put it on for me, and I was blown away. I'm like, wow. And I, we had a guy in my town that uh, he learned it by year. He picked what? it up. And he played it maybe, I don't know, half time, I mean, slower, whatever. But just because he could play it, he got a nickname, Gary Moore. That Up is, to his day, they call him Gary Moore. That is super crazy. Yeah. I was actually just talking with someone about how, like, the first albums I learned how to play by ear were, were easy. It's a lot easier. It's punk music and stuff uh-huh. like that. So you kind of, like, like playing these chords, which means you're in this key, and you're probably not going to change the key. So it's just these notes. Mm-hmm. These are the easiest notes, and these are the ones you're probably going to end up playing. But, like, to be able to play stuff like, like you said, Gary Moore, that, that would be absolutely insane. I'm, I'm actually scrolling through Gary Moore. Uh, Dirty Fingers was yeah. the album there with, with, I believe. It's a one-minute song. It's a just in, instrumental piece. Yeah, man. that's Just a one-minute. That's super crazy. I mean, I... A bunch of my friends listen to uh, uh, a lot of like these virtuoso guitar players, which really got me into it. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a, a big modern push for people to get, you know, oh, quote yeah. unquote, really good at the guitar again. And you it's know? crazy. Right now, there's so many new guys that play. It's like, wow. It's like just. Yeah, you can't even keep up. Some of them, it's like there's a guy from Germany, Fountainhead. 
Mm-hmm. He goes Tom Fountainhead. He's uh, Jason Richardson. Okay, yeah, another yep, one. Yep. So Jason Richardson. He's like he does the whatever I can sweep pick. He can do alternate pick every note at the same speed and faster. Oh my God! It's just some of them. Are, wow, you listen to them guys. I mean, that was something actually. Like before the podcast, we were talking about how you uh, you you can sweep pick, and I was I was talking. I was like, man, I can't do that. And you you said it actually took a lot of work. You know, it wasn't yeah. something that you just like overnight figured out how to do. You know. Uh, oh yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot harder than it seems. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went through just about every video out there, every lesson, uh, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because most of the people that teach them, I mean, there's a lot of videos they can't even sweep themselves. They just learn basic and. They think they can. Yep. And uh, it took me literally because I wanted to learn and I figured how hard can it be? I've played guitar already for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so for somebody that got that much experience, I mean, no, it took me literally like five weeks of eight hours every day, nothing but sweep picking. I was oh, working out. Oh, so crazy. And I did it wrong first. I mean, I almost messed up my finger one time. I, uh, I thought it was uh, some sweeps. I thought I had to bar. And I had my finger wrong, and uh, to the point, I mean, I, I couldn't play for like two months. I had to have a break. Oh, because like, something, my tendon, whatever, I did yeah. it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I totally see what, you, I get what you're saying, because like if I end up playing guitar too much because of how I squeeze the bar chord, it actually kind of hurts, like one of the joints in my pointer finger on my left well, hand. you see this right here? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> if you work on the, that's your best friend right here. Oh, there you go. Oh, the new skin. Yeah, definitely. It's a liquid skin. Dude, that's something uh, for people that are listening. Uh, Igor just showed me his fingers. Very well used. Uh, he's been playing the guitar a lot. It's, uh, it's no wonder if you watch Igor playing online why he's so good. Um, you can just tell by the calluses on his fingers. It's that You put a lot of time into playing, man. You're not just some hobbyist that picks it up for 20 minutes a day and calls it good enough, you know? No. I, uh, Plus, especially the, the thing is when you want to learn, like, a lot of people think that they can get good at, like, watching TV and play. Yeah. You can't do it. I mean, your mind has to be there. Yeah, it has to be on one thing and one yeah, thing only. There's a lot of guys that watch TV shows and do the long guitar, playing scales or whatnot, mm-hmm. and then they wonder why three years later they still play at the same level. Yeah, yeah. You know, because your mind has to be there. Mm-hmm. And the way I look at it, I mean, if you think it's hard, it's going to be hard for you. Yeah, well, that's... You can achieve anything, you you know, your mind. That's that's it, very true. And at the higher level of playing, no matter what, what you do, like no matter if you play pool or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, play guitar, whatever, probably 80 to 90% is mental. Yeah, I mean, I can see that because like if you're just sitting at home beating yourself up over it, like I'm never going to get good at this, you probably won't get good at it because right. you're, cause you're telling yourself you're not going to get good at it, right. you know? that That makes total sense. Like when I started sweep picking, on top of that, I, I never played fast before. I mean, I really? played just regular. I never like did shreddy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to learn in order to get speed. It's not like you gotta play with like most people do that metronome approach mm-hmm. when they uh, you play like at 100 BPMs and play mm-hmm. boom boom. Then when you go up, do it, put it up a little bit more. Or 110. I mean, it works to a point. Mm-hmm. If you want to get to the high levels. Mm-hmm. You gotta like really push it, like in sports. Yeah. You know, no matter what you do, it's like you, you gotta like really push it. Like when you sprint, you know. Yeah. You're yep. not gonna get good if you run like, 
you know, at the same speed for the long time. I mean, you're yeah. still gonna be running at the same speed. Yeah. If you wanna gain speed, you gotta do like this. Yeah, you, you gotta. Know? That makes sense. I mean, you can't just jog and expect to get good at running fast. Right. You know, you you gotta run fast in right. order to get good at running fast. Right. You know. You gotta like really, and a lot of uh, also what I found that uh, rest help too because you gotta like really push yourself and then you just give it a break sometimes like for a day or whatever mm -hmm. like, and then you pick it up and you're like wow now i can do this oh that's and, cool and i couldn't you were talking earlier about uh taking a break from playing guitar for a while yeah well my last band full flight in florida i played with them mm -hmm. and uh my best friend mike and he was playing guitar in the band mm -hmm. and uh, one time i went to vegas and i got back he was supposed to pick me up from airport and uh he come pick me up and his uh girlfriend is driving mm -hmm. and i'm like hey what's up my why you uh, uh you've been drinking or why aren't you driving he said mm -hmm. i don't feel good and i'm like he never been sick mm -hmm. you know the guy was a semi driver mm -hmm. you know and he said i feel sick i gotta go to a doctor so they found cancer and like literally within six months he died oh no and he was my best friend and uh I took it hard. After that, I didn't touch guitar for like almost five years. Wow. So. So what what prompted you to start playing again then after that? When I here in Iowa, I was bored one time. We went to a bar, play pool, Paris, and they yeah. had a night. And uh, somebody knew about me, and they said, "Hey, you want to play?" And I'm like, "I don't have a guitar. So take a guitar." Mm -hmm. And I got there and I started playing. And then yeah, Josh was there. Uh, Josh in jo Mason. Mason. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. from the radio yep and he heard me hey and so he invited me and he played my music on the radio i played some guitar over there that's cool on the 92 rock yep yeah man yeah. that regional rock hour yeah, show they got rock there hour, yeah. i love that he does that here in fort dodge oh, it's, yeah. it's one of the coolest things going here is uh letting letting yep. the locals get a shot at it you know and that's how i started playing for like it was once a week over or once a month they had once it. a month yeah yeah like a third thursday yeah, or something that's like how that. i started playing there and then i got me a guitar and because mm -hmm. i didn't even have a guitar yeah, I remember that you uh, you picked up a rev that Reverend that you yeah. had. That was like the and I was like, why did why did you end up getting a Reverend? You're like, well, this is just one of the guitars they had at the shop when I went to go buy mm -hmm. one, and I liked it the best. And yeah. dude, I mean, it's it's crazy because you were just shredding the shredding the hell out of the thing, <laughs> and I didn't know that you hadn't played for so long. You know, I mean, granted, when I first saw you, you probably had been playing a little bit here, just in Fort a Dodge. little bit, but uh, yeah, I was very rusty. Yeah, that's so crazy to to think that like that's your rusty would be me very good you know <laughs> that's so wild and that, i mean that was also one of the cool things to see was like uh you don't have a band around the area no. so to go to those jam nights and be able to watch you play was fun because you don't i mean i can't go watch your band play because you don't have one at you know at the moment yeah. but uh i go once in a while I go jam with uh you know uh, what's the name of the band uh you know rob brennan Robbie Brennan. Yes, I know the uh, name. Gear down. Gear down. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I go to his house sometimes and uh, we just jam. Mm -hmm. He just sits around the table, you know, with his buddies and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, we just jam around sometimes over there. Mm -hmm. God, it's so cool. But I, right now I'm like, I'm thinking to record an album because I got a whole bunch of songs written and I'm kind of like getting my technique up you know, yeah to, to record them and get, putting them together and then i don't know when right now it's hard to tell with this corona thing yeah it's so know? so weird i mean let me ask you this have you ever seen anything like this even in russia no like no they didn't just lock everything down even in mm -hmm. communist like that's what everyone's got to kind of think about is how wild this is because it's 
Like you, everything's locked down. You can't go yeah. to pretty much anywhere. Um, I mean, as the time we're recording this, this is uh, we're recording this almost a almost a week before the episode comes out. But there hasn't been too much being said. I know they just adjusted some of like the tax deadlines and some other stuff mm-hmm. recently. But it's it's pretty wild out there. I mean, like Fairway. I went to Fairway uh, here in town not too long ago in Fort Dodge, and that place was packed full of people just getting anything they could you know and I've- well now they uh like a couple of days ago i went shopping because i was supposed to go to work mm-hmm. the next five weeks so i like scheduled everything so my fridge ran out so oh so no. i was completely out of everything yeah because i mean if you're if you're on the road for five weeks working yeah. you can't so really i didn't i didn't want to buy nothing so the, i kind of scheduled it that way oh no and uh so I went to I went shopping and I'm crazy like a lot of stuff is gone. Well, most of the stuff I mean I guess I don't buy it because I mean everything I needed I found. Mm-hmm. The only thing I couldn't find well obviously toilet paper is gone. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, eggs. Eggs. Yeah, yeah I couldn't uh, that... find eggs and uh, they uh, I had to buy these liquid ones. You know oh, the one yeah. in the carton. Oh yeah. oh yeah, those like egg beaters or whatever yeah. they're called. Those uh-huh. aren't too bad though. Yeah, not too bad. That's yeah. what restaurants use them. Yeah. A lot of restaurants use them. Yeah. It works really well. And, uh, well, yesterday I stopped at the store at Fairway. They had eggs mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. but now they, they got the limit. You can buy two dozens yeah. per person. Oh, man. that's It's so crazy to think that this this is happening, mm-hmm. that, uh, I mean, musicians are out of work. Uh, I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of it's just hobby, you know, a hobby for these musicians. Some of yeah. them, that's their only job, though. Well, right now it's crazy. I mean, well, I'm out of work for, for I don't know, until when – all musicians, the yep. ones that play gigging out, mm-hmm. all the bar people, all the uh, yeah. bartenders, and yeah. the rest, rest, restaurants yeah, for the most part are closed. Yeah. I mean, they'll just some the of them do delivery type yeah, drive throughs, yeah, but most of it is closed. Yeah, but they're not gonna have a f- yeah, they're not gonna have a full staff of all the cooks and all the waitresses right. and everybody there now. Yeah. A lot of people are laid off until nobody knows until when. Yeah, I mean, end of the month for now. Yeah, for, for now, now, people think. I mean, some people panicking too. It's yeah, like, it is pretty wild to to see people actually panic because. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you. I'm sure you probably saw a little bit of that in Russia. People doing something kind of. You know. Well, it was little... one time. I mean, in Russia, when uh, right when Perestroika happened, when they had this tanks on the red square you oh, know, yeah, oh it. yeah i have yeah, yeah. i might be a little too young to remember actually seeing yeah. that but i remember hearing about yeah, it there so. the, the, was there was crazy over there actually i mean it was kind of you didn't know what to expect yeah and that's kind of what it's like here now you don't really yeah. know what, what tomorrow but back then be. i mean back in russia i mean it was we had these empty shells there was nothing in stores but we were used to it because it was always like that oh no <laughs> so, really yeah, you go to a store and it was nothing but this. I remember it was piles of uh, uh, what do you call it, the seaweed in, in tin cans. Yeah. You know, <laughs> seaweed and the mineral water and nothing else. You know, <laughs> holy cow! Yeah, you go to the store to buy and you, you knew that it was like that for months. You know, there's wow. nothing. Yeah, you had to get everything here and there. You Whoa, know. that's super crazy. I mean, that's probably the craziest thing I could. And we I were used to just, it. Those those cultural differences blow my mind. Because, I mean, like, I've only grown up here. I've only seen stuff right. here. I mean, I've been abroad. I've been to other countries. Uh-huh. I've seen what other countries are like. I've even been to Russia before once. Oh, yeah? But uh, I was in St. Petersburg. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, a tourist in St. Uh-huh. Petersburg is a little bit when? different than uh, 2006. Oh, you went when it's... A, you missed out on the... When you went, everything was expensive. Really? When when you went, yeah, is it a lot cheaper now? Well, or you like? missed out. Like when I was there, like in in uh, 
late 80s, mm -hmm. like right probably around late 80s, like early 90s. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, if you were like American, you go there with American $50, you could live like a king for a month. No way. Back I, then. I do have to say, when I did go there, uh, I brought Marlboro cigarettes with me. Oh, yeah, you can. And I traded them to people oh. for things. So, like, one of the things was you have to stay in a certain area if you're a tourist coming abroad. You couldn't, like, venture too far away, you know. So, like, right. you had to get a different visa if you wanted to leave the city that you were going to visit, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. But what I would do is it's like, I want to see what this city looks like but not like where all the tourists are at. So I would just go up to a, a taxi cab driver and just be like, do you, you want some cigarettes? Well, that's what I used to do. I used to uh, I used to make money in the black market. Yeah. You know, I used to go to foreigners, you know, and take them, like we get a cab when my buddy was driving, mm -hmm. and we take them to show them wherever nobody takes them, you know, show them the prison or whatever, all the... That's cool. Uh, I remember... The guy took us to this hilltop, and he was like, you can see almost all of St. Petersburg from, you know, where all the tourists are at from here, but you, you're so isolated from them. I said, well, uh, there's like a road that goes straight down there that's kind of like a walking path. Can I just walk down that to get mm -hmm. back there? He's like, yeah, but it's going to take you a while because it's deceptively far. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of cool because, I mean, like I, I traded cigarettes to a guy to have him just take me somewhere neat, you know, and I never really even... When I was that age, I didn't think too much about it. But now that I'm a little bit older, it's like, man, this guy was willing to drive me to like the edge of the city almost mm -hmm. just for a pack of cigarettes. You know, well, back, back then those cigarettes were expensive. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, in Russia. I, m I remember going one place and seeing that American cigarettes, uh, I think it was, it was Finland. There were a lot of taxes, but it was like. Well, a, in Finland, it was even crazy. Well, what happened right before they, everything started going up in price? I remember at one point somebody well, because all the stores in Russia they had these Marlboros. Mm -hmm. That's all e I had. Everywhere like Marlboros, they were like expensive compared to Russian cigarettes. Mm -hmm. I think if I translate, I forgot what year exactly it was, but it was crazy. The exchange rate was, let's say, my friend worked at a factory, mm -hmm. and if I translate, mm -hmm. he was making five dollars a month. Holy crap! Five American dollars a month. That's like eighties, nineties. Oh my god! And the, uh, oh my god! The pack of Marlboro cost twenty-five cents. So if you make five dollars a month, it's expensive. Yeah. And oh uh, what god. we did was uh, a lot of people started doing it. So we would uh, chip in with my buddies, and we buy like a whole case of Marlboro cigarettes. Oh wow! And we buy a trip to Finland. Uh -huh. So we go to St. Petersburg, mm -hmm. and then we, let's say, 40 people on the bus, and everybody bribed the bus driver, mm -hmm. you know, and he unscrewed the ventilation system, and we hide all the cigarettes and vodka. That's so crazy. And take it across the border, and then sell it to Finnish people. Yeah, because everything... we bought it for a quarter, and in Finland, we were selling for five bucks. Yeah. Because over there, it was like 10 at that time. Yeah. I was going to say, because when I went there in like 2006, it was like 18 bucks for a pack of cigarettes. So some people were making back then, like like a thousand bucks on one trip mm -hmm. you know smuggling stuff i remember being in in uh I, it might have been norway or finland it was one of those two countries i was in but a guy gave me a euro for a cigarette mm -hmm. and at the time that was like two dollars for a uh -huh. cigarette and I, I was just blown away i couldn't believe somebody would give me like two bucks for a cigarette you know but to them it's it was 17 bucks a pack, you know, or yeah. it's comes well, out to be pretty close. Back in, I forgot what year it was, like 90, I think, or whatever, I paid rent. I rented this place, three bedroom. Mm -hmm. I paid $70 a year. <laughs> and it was crazy expensive. People were like, 
Everybody was asking me, are you nuts? You paying that much yeah, for the place? How can you afford this? Well, I imagine you make $5 a month, so. Yeah. I mean, $5 a month times 12 months, we're talking $60. That wouldn't even cover. Oh, you yeah. know, like you'd have to be doing something on the side, playing music, doing something, literally anything to yeah. try and make a couple extra But bucks. I was in the black market, so, you know, selling stuff. That's wild. And that's that's another thing. Like over here, there's almost no demand for that because you can just go get a job at a gas station and, and live and be pretty much okay. You know, I mean, not well, you're, yeah. not, you're, not, you're not high off the hog by any right. means, but it's a... Uh, you can you can make enough money to do the things you kind of want to do, you know. You're not really like I said. You you might have to drive a used car and live in you know a, a lesser awesome place. And uh, what's up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Hold on, just a second. We're gonna pause it here for just a second. All right. Okay, we're back. Had to take a short break, but uh, I mean. It's it's wild to think that there's that many cultural differences. It's wild to think that somebody from like the middle of Russia ends up in like the middle of America right. and Iowa in the middle of nowhere, right. you know. And I mean, it's it just blows my mind. I th- I think it's really cool to be able to have somebody like you around to you know at least kind Ooh, of relay something. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. I mean, it's yeah. cool to that even just going to jam nights and seeing you around and just being like, I mean. It's you didn't let any cultural barriers stop you from doing any of this. You didn't let anything stop you from from doing any of the things you wanted to do. You're over you're over here. You're playing guitar and you're still practicing and getting better. That's like the thing well, that blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, you always learn. Yeah, that's true. It's it's cool because I mean, like I'm I'm your Facebook friend, so I get to mm-hmm. see you play videos sometimes, and and you get mm-hmm. to see you actually get better through the videos. And you, like I said, you're already good to begin with. So it's cool to see you. Well, get, yeah, I mean. I mean, it's it's weird when somebody tells you you're good. We were t- we talk about that on some podcasts. Like getting a compliment's kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> but, but dude, I mean, is there is there anything that you would like to pass on? Like any information to any like new musicians or people that are around the area? Anything like that? Um, you know, any sort of comments to you know not give up or you should you should have seen what it was like in you know my country and oh, like, yeah. you know like uh, well, like I said over here, people take everything for granted. I mean, it's like you got everything you need mm-hmm. over here. Yeah, and I'm, people say, "Oh, if I had this, if I had that." I mean, you got everything you need if you wanna. That's true. Like my, my first band when I, when I uh, when the Europe broke up, mm-hmm. and uh, when uh, I got my own band, my first <laughs> one, the Miller's Hut. Yeah, and uh, we actually there was a festival coming up, mm-hmm. and we decided to practice. We didn't have electric guitars; all I had is acoustic guitars, mm-hmm. and uh, the drummer didn't have drums. So so we we were practicing at my apartment. Mm-hmm. We, he put up a chair. He had a, well, he had a pedal. The drummer had a pedal. Like, we had acoustic guitars, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he put it against the chair. And oh, okay. we practiced on acoustic guitars. And when the gig came up, we borrowed real instruments from somebody. Oh, wow. I never saw a real electric guitar until... Until the show. St- yeah, until the show. Oh, my God. That's how we played because we wanted so bad That's to awesome. play. That's awesome. So, Dude, that is so cool. Yeah, it took me like three, four gigs before I was able to buy me a real guitar, that's, a real electric guitar. That's wild. That's yeah. That's dedication. That's that's passion. You 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 really wanted this. You well, know? you gotta visualize your dreams, or whatever. Because I knew I kind of visualized what I wanted to be, and I was kind of like the Europe band that I broke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I felt kind of. I didn't. It, it broke up, but uh. The reason I left the band, well, I was I, w- I wouldn't be able to be in the band because uh, it was different musical, you know, ideas oh, and everything. Yep. But one of the reasons, because uh, 
I went to the jazz college, mm -hmm. and uh, the guys in the band they decided uh, uh, to go work to mm -hmm. make money to buy equipment. Yep. And I couldn't because I just got in the jazz college, oh, yeah, and, so you're going uh, to school and, and my parents wouldn't would, would kill me if I. So I had to be there. So mm -hmm. so basically they kicked me out, and I I kind of felt like I was Dave Mustaine. Oh yeah, you know, like, yeah. That's yeah. how I felt, and I was so pissed that they kicked me out. And I and festival was in two uh, weeks. Mm -hmm. So I made this band, and in two weeks I got it, and we got much bigger than they were. Oh, that's super so, cool. But in a way, I, I felt like a Dave Mustaine. Yeah, uh, for people that don't know the yeah. Dave Mustaine analogy, he was in Metallica. Yeah, and they booted him out, but he was. He was one of the reasons they recorded their first album. He right. wrote a lot of that stuff. Oh, you yeah. can actually open up the credits and see his name in there a lot. You know, so he got booted out, ended up starting his own band, Megadeth. Yeah, two weeks later, he started Megadeth. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the two of the best thrash metal bands in the world that have ever happened. You know, right. it's uh, it's kind of wild. That's uh, I, I love that you have... Uh, you have such a desire. You don't want to say no. You can just keep going. You keep going forward. And I love that about you. It's uh, well, exactly that's all you gotta do. <laughs> I, t I tell you what, maybe it's just a cultural difference. But like over here, you see people just kind of. I tried this twice and I'm not good at it. Now I don't care and I'm not gonna play the guitar anymore well, or whatever. Just like I see, like a lot of times I see videos of these great guitar players on Facebook or whatever, and a lot of people in comments say, that's it, I quit. <laughs> yeah. This gets me more excited. I want to play because when I hear somebody going, like, there's a lot of guys, when I hear Fountainhead or when I hear the, there's so many guys, uh, I'm like, damn, I mean, he can play that and I can't? I mean, Yeah, it inspires so, you to want to yeah, try it. Right. You know, instead of just being like, I'll never be that good. Right. That comes right back to what we were talking about, where if you don't think you'll ever be that good, you probably won't because right, exactly. your brain it's is already so, telling you no. Exactly, it's mental. Oh, man. that's When, when you see them uh, Chinese prodigies, them, them eight-year-old girls, they shred like... Yeah. I mean... I was going to say, my, my dad actually sent me a video of that, and it was like the best guitar players in Asia, and it was just... Uh, young women from all over Asia got this girl, shredding. I mean, this, this little girl, Yo-Yo, whatever her name is, I think she was like seven when she started. and Well, she probably started when she was three. Yeah. But uh, I just can't... I mean, how they do it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, she, I understand the, everything, the fast part, but someone even got good vibrato. Yeah. And that's hard on fingers. I mean, and them little, like, seven-year-olds... Oh, those they, little tiny fingers yeah. playing vibrato? Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, that's... That's got to be a lot. Oh God, that's super crazy. Well, dude, I mean, we've got we got just over an hour recorded. I think this episode is going to be awesome. I, I I get something out of every every episode. And I, I think hope what I, so. <laughs> I think what I got out of this one was you you just can't give up and you got to have a positive mental attitude. Oh, exactly. You know, um, you've you've overcome so much just to just to come here and and play music and and work and do what you're doing and just keep just keep going and you keep going and it, it it blows my mind i mean it maybe it's just me being from here but i i have this i just have to think if i grew up in communist russia i would probably just be like well i guess i'm never doing anything cool you know just go stand in line for food or whatever you know right. like um you know work for the man and get paid five dollars a month you know or whatever right you know that that just seems so disheartening it's it's crazy that you just didn't give up and that you traveled around the country in russia well, actually in, it's in fine band. before like uh what actually, how I started playing guitar, I forgot to tell that. When uh, when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. I, uh, my, my friend, he was playing accordion. Oh, cool. You know? And uh, 
he played couple scales for me and I go, oh, I want to play accordion. Mm -hmm. So I bugged my parents, you know, so they got me an accordion. I started playing and my school teacher, music teacher, he was a complete, you know, ass. He would like, <laughs> uh, I would come, play scales, whatever. If I mess up, he would hit me with a ruler on my fingers. Oh, gosh, So he yeah. beat out the, I started go to uh, to the lesson. Instead of lesson, I drop off accordion in my friend's house. We go play soccer instead or whatnot, oh, okay. or play hockey. Mm -hmm. So I completely didn't want to touch guitar. Didn't want to do any music. Yep. And then guitar came out. I was like 12, I think, or 13. And I started playing the guitar. And there was this guy in my uh, in my street. Mm -hmm. He was, all the girls listened to him. You know, yeah, he yep. would play guitar. He knew all the chords. So I came up to him. I go, can you teach me the guitar? He said, yeah, come on over. So I came over and he told me, you tone deaf. You, you never be able to play. You so Oh, like, no way. So... <sighs> and then uh then he got drafted in the military for two oh, wow. years when he got back i already had my band and everything mm -hmm. he came up to me asked me to for lessons oh no I, way i told him no i'm told deaf i can't <laughs> <laughs> right back at you buddy yeah, but, <laughs> that's yeah, crazy well if he didn't tell me that i don't know probably i just got so mad when he told me that and i started practicing and practicing and yeah man you're gonna prove him wrong and right. you surely did i mean so like i said it's your skills are nothing to sneeze at you've got you've got really great guitar skills and it's really crazy well, thank I'm, you. I'm excited to to hear you maybe hopefully get an album or get some songs recorded because like you said you've got some ideas so i'm i'm hoping to hear it you know put pencil to paper well, or yeah, i'm I guess. gonna throw in hooks right now you know asking people here and there you know mm -hmm. Who's gonna play drums or whatnot, you know? Because I mean, I can play most of the instruments myself, but I wanna get like, I probably, I talked to Kramer, you know, Kramer, the bass player. Oh, God. Justin Kramer, he plays yes, in a lot yes, of. Yes, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to him about playing bass, you know, a couple other people. And mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. and I found a couple good singers. There's one girl that sings real good here in, in town, and there's a couple singers because. I want yeah. somebody to sing real, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. Like, I, I think if I ever started my own band, I, I would definitely not be singing. I would want somebody else doing all that for right. me, you know. <laughs> well, dude, Igor, super thanks for joining me on the podcast. Oh, I, thank I, you, Peter. Dude, I I love this. I love I love sitting down talking with you and talking about the differences and the similarities in, uh, in our personalities, our cultures, our backgrounds, everything. I feel like uh, this episode's got a lot that people can can learn from you know just don't give up you got to work hard and you got to have a positive mental attitude and you got to keep going man because even if somebody says you're tone deaf it doesn't mean you are you just gotta right. you gotta keep going and you might be better right. than that person that said you were tone deaf before too long exactly you know so hey man yeah. thank you so much for joining me on the well, podcast thank you for having me absolutely Oh man, what a cool guy. The stories he tells are absolutely insane. And you know what? Uh, he was telling that story about uh, being at a show and having the guy in the coffin and everybody carry him out and there were stray cats and everything. He's got video. There's video of that. There's actual video of that. And uh, I'll be sharing it later. I'll be sharing it later in the week uh, on the Audible Farm Facebook group. So make sure you join that group. Check it out. Uh, it's, it's wild. I know Igor has shared the video before from his Facebook page. Uh, but you know it's gonna be crazy he's shared a couple videos with me of, of things that he's done uh, some songs he's recorded different shows he's played and things like that the stories he tells are insane it's almost 
It's it's so wild. The cultural differences while he was telling some of it was just mind-blowing. Like, I couldn't imagine trying to strip down some wiring to use as an E string on my guitar. Just It's just mind-blowing to me. You know, and he was doing that. That was just what they did, you know, and making their own guitar pedals from scratch and throwing them in, like, tin cans and things like It's just wild. The whole thing is crazy to me, and it's it's super cool. So it just goes to show you that, like, you know, there's no, through these constraints comes a lot of innovation and, you know, there's no, there's no real limits as to, as far as like, you need the best things to do the best stuff and play the best you can. Like, there's people playing amazing things with, you know, pretty much repurposed junk and making it sound absolutely amazing. So super hats off to Igor. Uh, I didn't realize that, you know, I've jammed with him a few times. I didn't realize his his road to get here was as crazy as it was. And you know what? I don't even know if we scratched the surface on all this. Really, there's there's probably a lot more that could come down from uh, sitting sitting with Igor and talking some more. So it's crazy. Uh, Got to give a huge shout out to him for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, taking some time out of his day. We we're getting you know it was such a good time i just I, I can't believe it some of the stories i i just got done re-listening to this episode and that's why i'm just like wow man so i hope you guys enjoyed this as much as i did because uh i was all smiles and just like whoa the whole time and hey hit up igor if you guys want to jam you know he's really good he can play metal stuff he can play classical ish stuff i mean he can his uh, abilities are pretty wide so you know if you want to jam with him hit him up he likes to jam he likes to play he's always playing videos uh in his free time he's just jamming around in his house so hit him up i uh, i'm sure i've tagged him on facebook if nothing else so go over to facebook and check it out uh find him and send him a friend request and let him know you heard him on the audible farm podcast and you think it'd be awesome to jam with him sometime it's uh it's cool man i pre- appreciate it igor and hey thank you guys for listening to this episode too uh, it's it's fun to be able to sit down with new people and, and and get to know them and there's tons of crazy cool people out there in the music community and the entertainment community around Iowa and everywhere and I like I said I'm barely scratching the surface talking talking to some of these people so hey if you got if you want to talk to Igor find him at a show sometime say hi to him you know invite him out to your show if you're coming to Northern Iowa to play and and he'll come out and say hi you know it's 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 crazy we got this awesome community full of people and everybody's really supportive and uh, I'm, I'm having a great time getting to know everybody so uh hats off to everybody listening hats off to igor and hey shout out to couch town coffee one more time enter that code word mad uh because igor also was known as mad miller so check it out uh couchtowncoffee.com enter the code word mad let them know audible farm sent you and you can save yourself 20 percent. it's that easy coffee roasted for you right here in iowa boom shipped to your house couldn't be any better All right, everybody. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. I will check you guys all next week. Peace.